Welcome back, everybody. I am Robertson Byer, and sitting virtually across from me, as always, is Ben Parker, Phantom Sports, and we are the odds-on favorites. If you love football, you are in the right place. We go over key matchups in the NFL every week, and we tell you where we would place our money. As always, do not bet more than you can afford and gamble responsibly. Ben, another crazy week in the NFL. Um, not as good as week three, I don't think, but, man, week four had some... <laughs> Had some quite interesting games. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. Week four was 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 fantastic. If every week was good, week four, then I would be totally happy. Um, week three was better. You're right, but uh, we're fixing to get into week four and preview week five. Enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> I mean, even some of the ugly games were interesting. So uh, let's get to it, man. Absolutely. We're just going to do a quick recap, like we usually do, of uh, of week four. Um, starting with the game that uh, I thought was more interesting going into the week than most people thought. Um, and it turned out to be one of the more interesting games, uh, the Jaguars and uh, the Eagles. The Jaguars were up, I think, 14-3 at one point. And they they, they lost the lead because Philly is just too good. Let's just be honest. Philly is just too good. Um, they lost the lead. You know, Philly just – they put their heads down. They they pulled out the win. Final score is 29-21. Ben, is Philly the best team in the NFC? Uh, at, at the moment, yes. Uh, to to me, yes. I, I don't think there's any question about it. Now, you know, ask me that again in 10 weeks or at the start <laughs> of January. I, I think I'm going to have a different opinion. Yeah. But, hey, right now where we are, my gosh, the offense looks fantastic. Jalen Hurts looks fantastic. The defense looks solid. The offensive line has stayed healthy. That was a major concern. Um, they, they came from behind this week. That was good to see that they could mm-hmm. do that. I, they've played some good teams. I mean, what's not to love here so far in Philadelphia? Absolutely. And I think one of the key things is that Philadelphia, unlike a lot of the teams that we've seen so far, they already have their identity. They already know what they are. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play hard defense. And Jalen Hurts is going to, I don't want to say distribute because that makes me, that makes me sound like I'm calling him a game manager. I think he's more than that, but that's pretty much what he's been doing. He's just been distributing the ball. Um, So that's kind of what their identity has been. And their defense has, is as advertised. So I, I think that, this team is the best in the NFC currently. I think that's going to change. I'm going to get into that later. Um, I, th- I think that they're going to be supplanted by a team that also won over the weekend. Like I said, we'll get into it. But right now, I think they're the best team. And it's because they have an identity and they know who they are. They know who they're not. They're not going to give, they're not going to br- drop back Hurts 50 times a game. Getting into another game that I was totally wrong on. Uh, the Bills and the Ravens. I thought both teams, I said last week, that this game was going to uh, get into the 40s for each team. Each team was going to score 40 points. Uh, just half that number, and I'm right. <laughs> and the final score was 23-20. Uh, the controversial decision at the end of the game for the Ravens to go for it on fourth and goal from like the half-yard line to go up by a touchdown instead of kicking the field goal. I actually agree with the decision. Uh, the only problem was that Jackson threw an interception. And so instead of the Bills starting at the one or half yard line, they had to start at the 20, which made 
would change the entire landscape game. I I can't help but think I would have been right still with the Ravens winning had he not threw an interception, but it is what it is. Um, ben, are the Bills still the team to beat in the AFC after two yeah. somewhat lackluster games? Yeah, I think so. And, and by the way, you know, they're playing two per, two pretty good teams so far, yeah. too, right? The Dolphins were, were bust all early in the season, and, and a lot of people expect the Ravens to be good all year long as well. So, um, But with the Bills, I think the biggest thing has been the injuries. We, we know that they've got tons of injuries in the secondary. One of them season ending. The rest of them looks like the guys will be coming back, already have started to come back, trickle back in, hopefully get healthy as the season goes along. They've got other injuries they're dealing with, too. I think that's really what's held the Bills back more than anything the past couple of weeks. But I, I will say this, for the Bills, in the offseason, I liked their offensive line. I didn't love it. I And I, and I can't help but wonder if that's not going to continue to contribute on some of these games. I don't think it's going to keep them from winning a Super Bowl, but I, I, I do think that it may be at times is hindering them just a little bit that this offensive line isn't any better than it is and it, it's a decent line it's not a great one you see Josh Allen having to do a lot of scrambling a lot of head ducking maybe a little bit more than I would like to see going a little bit off topic here but do you think that's in part because the Bengals made the Super Bowl last year with that horrid offensive line that they just <laughs> didn't invest the resources that they normally would have based on the results from last year you think that might have taken part? I, it possibly yes. I, I I will say this: if you've got a guy like Burrow, or a guy like Lamar Jackson, or a guy like Josh Allen, it's got to be tempting to not throw quite as much draft picks or money at those offensive lines, right? Because you know these guys can escape, and they're probably happier out of the pocket than in it, to be honest. But still, no, I. I think they. I don't think they've ignored the offensive line. I think there's a lot of depth there. I think the Bills have one of the deepest offensive lines in football. Mitch Morris is decent at center. Deion Dawkins over at left tackle is a good, solid left tackle. They have guys here, um, but it's not a dominant offensive line. You don't look across the board and go, well, that guy is the best at his position in football, and then we have two more guys here who are just lock-in starters. It's it's a good, solid offensive line. They haven't ignored it, but again, it's not dominant. And and, and you're right that uh, you know when you have a guy like Allen, it tends to contribute to that. Moving on to the Titans at the Colts. Uh, the Titans do win. Tannehill was efficient um, in that game. I think a much needed game. He was 17 at 21, uh, two touchdowns. Um, and then King Henry must be the year of the king here or something because he he dominated had. Uh, over 140 all-purpose yards. Um, the Colts are spiraling, I would say. Uh, you know, it wasn't a terrible game, but it wasn't a good one either. Um, two questions, Ben. Can Tennessee start to build some momentum here? Uh, one, they have the Commanders next week, so that's go ahead and chuck that up as a win pretty much. And then how ugly is this going to get for Indy if struggles continue? I'll start with Indy, and then I'll kick I'll kick back over to Tennessee and let you put the bow on it. It's getting pretty ugly in Indianapolis. The the end of last year with the Jaguars game put a real bad taste in everybody's mouth, and they started off this year the same way. It's it's they haven't looked good in any game, 
except for the game against the Chiefs that they won and still managed to not look good in, you know. So they haven't looked good in any week. Even their win over the Chiefs, they didn't look good. So there's a lot of negativity starting to come out of Indianapolis. And and, and I start to wonder if – matter of fact, I feel very certain if it doesn't get changed by the end of the season, if they don't get some wins together, either the general manager or the coach one is gone. And there's even a chance they could both be out. I happen to like both of these guys. I, I think I think they can both be good, but it, it's not going well right now in Indianapolis. It's just not. So there's a lot of negativity coming out of there. Um, on the Titans' side, we knew the Titans were going to be sloppy early on, but, you know, a healthy Derrick Henry solves a whole heck of a lot of problems. He runs over people, and Sunday we watched him run around people. I mean, yeah. this, the guy can do it all. <laughs> And you're right about Tannehill. When he's efficient, that's what you, you know, that's the best you hope to get from Tannehill. So I'll kick it back over to you, though. The Titans, uh, if you're a Titans fan, do you have some hope here with the division? I mean, it's kind of a wide open division, right? It is. And it helps knowing that you have the commanders. And as a commander fan, if you don't already know, I am a commander fan, unfortunately. <laughs> They're going to win next week. Derrick Henry is going to run rough shot all over our defense. And granted, our run defense hasn't been too bad, but he's going to get at least 90 yards. I'm betting over 100. Um, and we, we our secondary is crap. So Tannehill is going to throw for like three 300 yards and three touchdowns. Um, <laughs> with the Jaguars losing and the Colts being the way they are and the, the Texans are possibly the worst team in football, it's theirs for the taking. They just have right. to actually go out there and do it. It's it, it's it's theirs for the taking. So that part of it, I think they should be favored at this point in the season. They should be favored to win the division. Um, it's nothing against the Jaguars. They're just they're still a building team. You can't expect instant results. Tennessee is built to win now. They have most of the pieces in place to to have a team that can win the division year in, year out with solid quarterback play. It should be a fun division moving forward. There's three teams that have a chance at it if you still count the Colts, and I, I kind of sort of do. You still have to. You still have to, but uh, it'll be fun to watch moving forward. It will be. Uh, going into a game that I thought was going to be a little bit closer, the score doesn't tell the whole story, um, Buccaneers and the Chiefs, the injuries just piled up too much for the uh, for the Buccaneers to overcome. And Mahomes did his thing. He's back, you know, to being his old you know, draw the play up in the dirt, just run it. Crazy stuff we're seeing from him this year without Tyreek Hill. I wasn't exactly predicting that, but uh, 41-31, it was not a two-score game for most of the game. It was at least 17 points or more. Brady is – Brady – I'm just going to say it. Brady's regressing before our eyes, and you can chalk that up to injuries on the offensive line, at receiver, on the defense. But this isn't anything new to him. Me and Ben were actually uh, talking about the Patriots' history over the past 20-some years and how Brady pretty much carried this team on – that team on its on his back for most of his run, but he's 45 years old now. He can't overcome injuries along the offensive line at skill positions on defense. He needs everything he can get. 
And I'm not saying he's not an elite quarterback anymore. I'm not saying that he's not a top 10 quarterback. But the man's 45 years old. He can't take hits like he used to. He needs as much help as he can get. So is he going to continue to regress or is he going to get back to the way Brady as we know it? I don't know how many people are going to hate hearing me say this, but if I've got any money to bet, I'm going to bet on Brady getting better as the season goes along, <laughs> not worse. We have seen this man so many times. It At the age of 35, we said this. At the age of 40, we said this. At the age of 42, we've seen him look horrible in the middle of a season and get better by the end of the year. Um, I think he gets better as the season goes along. I think Father Time is going to get wore out catching up to Brady this year. <laughs> But I, I will say this, and, and, and for Chiefs fans, we're not trying to take anything away from you guys. You guys are looking like one of the better teams in football at the moment. So Absolutely. hats off to you for doing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But the, the Buccaneers side of things is interesting, right? Because we already knew they were losing a couple of guys because of money issues during the offseason. And so fingers crossed for Bucks fans, let's hope we don't get injured. Well, the Eagles fans are thrilled. They haven't been injured. They're very healthy. They had injury concerns all over the place. And, and guess what? They're one of the healthiest teams in football. And the Buccaneers are not. The Buccaneers have injuries on the offensive lines, which you mentioned. They have injuries at skill positions, which you mentioned. They have injuries on defense, which you mentioned. I mean, you know, they're starting to bring their crutches in here. They're starting to pull guys in from the stands. I mean, it's – I think they get healthier as the year goes along. I think Brady looks better. But it, it's been a sour start to the season for Tampa Bay. And you don't – the season started out weird for the Buccaneers because you had the Brady drama thing, which we don't really need to get into, but I think that's a little bit more significant than maybe some people were were portraying. You don't just take off two weeks before the season starts. That's just kind of weird. Messes up the vibe, messes up the flow of your team. And now you're you're on your third or fourth center already, and it's it's week four. But that's nothing new because that happened like that first week or two. And you got some of your weapons back, but now your biggest weapon, which is your defense, they're injured at all three levels. It's I, I don't know what's going to happen to the Bucs. Um, I think Brady can pull them out, um, but it's going to be harder. It's going to be harder for him than it has been in years past. And I'm not concerned, but kind of got my head tilted to the side a little bit. I'm like, mm, I don't know. And like I said, I'm never betting against him ever again, but right. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> some doubt is starting to creep in. I, I'm just going to say that I, I, there's some doubt that's starting to creep in. They have enough problems where making you do that for sure. So we'll, yeah, again, it, we'll keep an eye on. And it's got nothing to do with Brady other than his age. It has nothing to do with him. It's mainly just what's around him that I don't think anyone, not even him, can overcome. I mean, if you're you're going from like a top five defense to at best middle of the pack, like bottom half of the middle of the pack, it's just not good. Speaking of Tom Brady, let's get into Jimmy G a little bit. <laughs> uh, Jimmy G looks like himself. Um, being the distributor that he is, you know, I thought before we started recording, Ben, that Jimmy G, um, the G in his name should stand for Grubhub instead of Garoppolo because Grubhub delivers and Jimmy G also just delivers the ball to his receivers and they just do the rest. Um, 
because granted it was a nice throw on that 57 yard uh, touchdown to Debo Samuel, but that was, that was 95% Debo Samuel there. Uh, so without that touchdown, I think he, and like that other big throw that he had, I forget to the re- what receiver it was, but I think he had like a hundred yards. <laughs> if you take away those two catches. So he's beating himself again. Uh, the Niners continue to dominate the Rams in the regular season. Uh, they finished 24 uh, to nine. How much of a threat can the 49ers be bad? I, I have no clue. I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, this is one of the big mysteries. I thought I had this game figured out, and I swung and missed hard. I said, listen, uh, Matthew Stafford is better than Jimmy Garoppolo, advantage Rams. Um, I know there's a history there that favors the 49ers the past two seasons, but the 49ers' offensive line is in shambles. Aaron Donald is going to rip them to shreds and throw them out into the stands, and the Rams may struggle to score, but they'll win this game, something like 17-9. to 9. And basically, it was the exact opposite. I don't think Garoppolo got sacked a single time. Um, Matthew Stafford got sacked six or seven times. (laughs) I mean, the 49ers just did what they've done to the Rams the past few seasons. I mean, it's uh, it's remarkable. Um, Vegas had this right, 49ers by two, 49ers by even more than that. So I, I have no clue. I trust the 49ers franchise to be competitive. I trust Kyle Shanahan to come up with good stuff all year long. I, don't, I just don't think they've got the talent right now with Trent Williams being out and, and with some of the other people that we already knew they were going to miss heading into the season. I just don't think they've got what it takes to be at the top of the NFC, but I've been proved wrong before. Uh, they looked great <laughs> against the Rams. Let me ask you this. Do you trust Jimmy Garoppolo more with his weapons? I'll just say that. I'll just say the 49ers offense. Do you trust that offense more than you do the Vikings offense? More than the Vikings offense? Yes. Uh, that's <laughs> – by the time you mix in the uh, 49ers, um, the 49ers scheming and the 49ers uh, ability to get the most out of a roster, then yes, I do. Um, talent level-wise, I'd go with the Vikings. But by the time you mix in the coaching, uh, give me the 49ers on that. And I think – at, at best, we could say it's a push between the 49ers and the Eagles offense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that being said, as a team, I like the 49ers defense more than I like the Eagles defense. And if we're just going to say at best it's a push, I think the 49ers can supplant the Eagles as the best team in the NFC give it like another eight weeks once I think Trent Williams is out for, I think it was four to six. Um, So just, I know Trent Williams, I know his history being a Washington fan, tack another week onto that, at least maybe, maybe another week or two onto that. Sometimes he's slow getting back from injuries. Um, Once he comes back and I think Jimmy G gets to settle down a little bit um, and get George Kittle, really back into the fold here it was kind of a, I don't, I don't think he, I don't, I don't remember the box score, but he wasn't really popping that much. Um, I don't think he, he produced much. So let him get back into the fold. Let Trent Williams get back into the fold. I think once we get to December going into the playoffs, we're going to think that the 49ers are favorites to get back to the championship game. The 49ers are one of those few franchises that always seem to get better as the year goes along. So how good can they be? I'm not sure, but I have no doubt that they'll get better. 
I just like their defense better than pretty much all the other defenses in the NFC, despite what like the the Bucks are going through. I mean, it's a toss up. If the, if if the Bucks are full strength, I think it's a bit of a toss up there. But looking at the the season as it stands after Week Four, this traditionally would be the the end of the first quarter of the season in a sixteen game season. But since it's seventeen games, there's not really definitive quarters. But you know, saying this is the official end of the first quarter or the unofficial end of the first quarter of the season, Ben. What team has been the biggest surprise for you? And then conversely, what team has been the biggest disappointment for you? You're going to laugh because I everybody would say the Eagles, right? I think most people expected the Eagles to be a playoff contender and a division mm-hmm. contender. I don't think most people, myself included, expected the Eagles to look this good at the start of the season. I'm going to go the other direction with it, though. My biggest surprise so far has been the Atlanta Falcons. I crashed this team during the offseason. <laughs> so did I. I said that they were going to be the worst team in football, except for maybe the Bears and the Seahawks. Put them all three together, throw in a bag. They're all going to struggle to get wins. The Falcons have competed in every single game this year. Drake London looks better early than I expected him to. Um, Marcus Mariota looks better early than I expected him to. Kyle Pitts is a very unique tight end. They're they're not even using him to his fullest yet. Um, The defense is competitive, not great, but competitive. They're running the football. Cordell Patterson, who's on injury for a few weeks, is is doing everything. They have looked so much better. They are two and two. Um, That, for me, is the big surprise. And and I know that's the opposite end of the spectrum from where where we used to go for this, but for me, the Falcons have been the big surprise. I totally trashed them. I said two to three wins is kind of their ceiling this year, maybe four, and they're already at two and two. They look solid in every single game. Biggest disappointment, there's several. There are several, but the one for me is the Raiders. I thought the Raiders had a chance, a chance at the Super Bowl, but definitely we're going to have a winning season. And definitely, we're going to be right in there mixing it up with these AFC West teams. I mean, just beating the crap out of each other. And this has been awful, uh, you know, regardless of the win last week. And maybe they get another win next week versus, I think, Denver. It's been really bad. <laughs> nothing has clicked. Absolutely nothing has clicked. So the Raiders are the biggest disappointment. Can they pull out of it? Perhaps. But so far, for me, the Raiders have been the biggest disappointment. So uh, Shane, uh, Shane of uh, Phantom Sports, uh, you know, our esteemed leader at Phantom Sports, he's going to like this this part, what I'm about to say here. Uh, biggest surprise, if you told me at the beginning of August that uh, Geno Smith is going to be, A, the starter for the Seattle Seahawks. And, <laughs> and I don't, uh, did I say one or A? I forget what I said there. I think I said A. B, <laughs> Geno Smith putting up not only winning two of the first four games, but putting up 48 points. Yes, 48. (laughs) And looking like a star. (laughs) I would have told you, you are crazy. Either that or what team didn't show up like to the stadium. Um, I'd have to say that's, that's part a uh, or part one of, of my biggest surprise part two. Biggest surprise, this could 
also be considered a disappointment, but I think it's more surprising that the Broncos look awful offensively. Yeah. Hey, the defense looks fine, but offensively, they're just god-awful. And I think that's more – I don't think that's even disappointing. I think it's just surprising. Some people aren't as high on Russell Wilson as I am. I, I would have never expected this. Russell Wilson has – and unfortunately, they lost Javante Adams for the season. I think it was a torn ACL. But you had a good running game the first four weeks. Um, you have weapons out the uh, – at the uh, whatever word I'm trying to use here. You got him out the ass. (laughs) (laughs) And they haven't been able to do anything. Not a dang thing. And it's it's shocking. It's surprising. And I guess you could call it disappointing, but it's just, it's to me, it's more surprising than it's been disappointing. And the biggest disappointment for me has been we talked about them a little bit. There's been the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you you get a team that believed so highly in what they were doing. They were making the right decision, cutting ties with Carson Wentz, and bringing in a quote unquote more mature um, a leader in Matt Ryan, who I'm also higher on than most people. Um, I think that was one of the quarterbacks that we disagreed upon the most when we did our quarterback rankings earlier in, in the offseason. He, he he's looked worse than Phillip Rivers did in his last season with the Colts. Uh, he's looked horrible. I think I'd take Matt Hassel back, bring him back to Indy, and have him play over Matt Ryan. And just the team in general. The team has not played well. The defense hasn't been again it hasn't been terrible, but it hasn't been very good. Um, and Jonathan Taylor, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, he hasn't been nearly as effective as he was last year or in the first, I think, game or two this season. The past two games, he has looked not good at all. I don't know, man. It, it, it It's weird what's going on. Oh, ah, what's going on over there in Indy? And to me, it's just been overall disappointing. I mean, you're talking about two of the what think the league regarded as a very talented GM and Chris Ballard and our well-respected coach and Frank Wright, they're on the hot seat. I mean, if they don't start winning here soon, I don't think it'd be a surprise to see Frank Wright go in the middle of the season, like that by week eight or nine, if they only got one or two games because they, and I think it's because they were so adamant about getting rid of Carson Wentz. They believed so highly in themselves that we're not the issue. Nothing else that we did was the issue. It's just Carson Wentz. And that's a dangerous precedent that they set for themselves because now that this Matt Ryan experiment has thus far failed, it's it falls back on them. It really does. So now that this experiment is failing, if it continues to fail, then this is the third or fourth time they tried this. And... Jim Irsay is not a very patient person, and he's kind of a whack job. So <laughs> let's just be honest here. He's kind of a whack job. I wouldn't be surprised if Frank Reich's out of there by week 10 or 11, honestly, if they don't if they don't start winning. 
It's certainly a possibility. It's setting up that way. Um, another couple of surprises I'll toss in there. Uh, the Giants at three and one, the Vikings at three and one. I, I personally would not have predicted those two things. And I do need to correct myself because the fans will if I don't. Um, the Raiders are playing the Chiefs this week while the Broncos are actually playing the Colts. I don't know who I would take in that game. We're not covering either of those, but I'm not sure who I'd take in either one of those games. <laughs> oh, it's fascinating. Colts, Broncos, I, not an elimination game, but for the Colts, it kind of is. The Broncos, Broncos need to kick it in gear too, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But the Chiefs, conversely, they need to stay on top. They, you know, they need to keep going. They can't. I fear for the Chiefs that they're going to be going up and down this year. There's going to be peaks and valleys, which we're not accustomed to with the Chiefs. And granted, on paper, they might be doing well, but there might be some friction going on there if that starts happening, which I don't think is going to happen, but I just don't want that to happen. I don't want to see that happen. Hello, this is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast, part of the Phantom Podcast family. Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football and email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. For all of your Northwest sports needs, check out northwestsportsdesk.com, an up-and-coming sports blog based out of the Northwest and a partner of Phantom Sports Industries. All right, let's get into week five. Uh, I'm picking out this game shortly because, uh, solely because of the line. The Bills going into Pittsburgh are 14-point favorites. This is an NFL game. And I realize the Steelers have now made officially the switch from uh, Mr. Trubisky to Kenny Pickett. And Kenny Pickett threw three interceptions, albeit one of them was not entirely his fault. And I dare say the other one of the other ones was questionable as to who, whose fault that was. But he threw three interceptions in his debut. Odds makers are giving the Steelers pretty much no chance to be competitive in this game. Um, is it time for Kenny Pickett to take the lead by league by storm, or is this going to be an all-out domination by Buffalo? I've, I've got Steelers, Steelers having a chance in this game. Now, I believe me, I understand what Vegas is looking at here. Rookie quarterbacks tend to not do very well early on especially when they're playing really good teams, which Buffalo, yeah. I'm convinced, is. And, uh, you know, I'm still not sure that that Bills secondary is back to full strength. Matter of fact, we know they're not. I think it's Micah Hyde who's out for the season. Mm -hmm. The other guys are trickling back in. They're still not fully healthy. Kenny Pickett completed every pass that wasn't an interception last week. Um, he is lethal anytime he's throwing in the 15 to 20 yard area he is laser accurate we're going to see that his entire career however long that is where he gets in trouble is any pass that's over 25 yards he just simply doesn't have the big hands or the cannon arm strength to to do those throws and that's where you started to see him get in trouble that sideline throw while it was close to the line of scrimmage it was far out there on the sideline 
that was a bad pass. He should never have thrown that pass in the first place. Throw it out of bounds. Move on. You know, um, yeah. the the other interception uh, at the end of the game, Hail Mary. Who cares? He's trying to make yeah. a play. That's that's going to happen. The other one, the, the questionable one you mentioned, was underthrown. Yeah. There's no question about it. Um, he was going to the right place. Yeah, but it was underthrown by two or three yards. It led to tips. It led to interceptions. That's going to be Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is going to light people up for 300 yards and have incredibly high accuracy his whole career. He's also going to throw some picks because he does not have the strongest arm. So they're going to have to learn how to use him. They're going to have to put him in a good spot. He's got an excellent receiving core here. If he can high point the ball to these guys within the 20-yard range, they can move the football down the field. I'm convinced of it. Um, I think the Steelers have a chance here, so I'll take the Steelers with the points. I'm not picking Pittsburgh to win, but that's like you said, that's a huge margin. Yeah. So give me the Steelers with 14 points, two touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you're going the opposite way. I I'm considering it. I don't know that. I mean, like we said, this is an NFL team. This is still a good defense that the Steelers have. The Bills are kind of in a funk offensively. They haven't put up any gaudy numbers uh, against the the Dolphins uh, in week three or the Ravens in week four. And I, we've illustrated in the previous, uh, previous episodes that the Ravens' defense is kind of struggling a bit, and they seem to find a little bit of traction against the Bills, but the Bills weren't able to do a ton. They only put up 23 points. I don't know if this Steelers defense can contain the Bills for a third straight game. I don't know if they can. Coupled with, as you mentioned, mistakes that Kenny Pickett is inevitably going to make, not even based on like you know lack of arm talent, but just based on that he's a rookie, that he's going to make rookie mistakes. He's going to make at least – Three rookie mistakes, whether that be an interception, a strip sack, or, you know, he just completely misses a guy to where, you know, oh, that could have been a touchdown and he just didn't see it. He's going to make three big rookie mistakes. I don't know if that's going to be enough to cover. It's an NFL. That's, it, it, I str- it's hard to win by two touchdowns, no matter who you are. It's hard to win by two touchdowns. I think I'm going to take the Steelers with the points, but I don't think the Steelers have a shot of winning the game. That's my point. I think I'll, I'll take the Bills, obviously, but I, I'm going to take the Steelers with the points here as well with you. Yeah, it's a fascinating game. Even as big as the spread is, there's so many storylines that go into all these games. Kenny Pickett being the leading one here. Also, sorry, Simon. <laughs> yeah, we apologize, Simon. We love you, buddy. Yeah, we do. Hopefully, we hope the bet for the best for Pickett, but uh, I just don't think he's. I don't think it's going to be enough. Is all I'm saying. It's that's a that's a hard first game. That's a hard first start against one of the better teams. Going to another game where there's a quarterback change, but not by choice this time. It's by injury. Um, Tua Tagovailoa um, has been confirmed to be missing week five um, given all the controversy and the injury uh, with the concussion. Teddy Bridgewater starting in place of him. It's the Dolphins at the Jets. The Dolphins are favored by three points. The Jets won last week against the Steelers who we just talked about. 
Um, Zach Wilson is back and looks looks good. Um, and doesn't seem to be hindered by his you know injury. Like seems to be completely completely healed. I think the biggest question here, Ben, is can Teddy Bridgewater steady the ship? Because the Jets, you know, we we said before the season they're going to be a bit of a feisty team. This seems like a winnable game for them. I think it all comes down to Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I agree. And, I, I, you know, I don't feel great about Bridgewater over the course of the season, but I am 100% comfortable with him coming in for the next few games. And, and we wish Tagovailoa the best. Hopefully he – I don't want to see him on the field for the next few weeks. Hopefully when he does come back, he's fully ready to go. But in the meantime, I'm okay with Bridgewater. I, I don't think that there is a massive step down from the Tagovailoa that we have usually seen the first three games of this year notwithstanding. And Bridgewater, I don't think there's a massive drop-off there. So I think the Dolphins will be fine for this week. Um, we'll see about moving forward. Um, it starts to take its toll, right? But I think they'll be fine. I'm going to take the Dolphins here with the three points. I think it's a fun game. I'm really eager to see, you know, Zach Wilson looked awful last year. I mean, just as bad as a, as bad as a high first-round pick can look. And yet last week, a lot of good stuff going on there. You know, he, he wasn't perfect, but he's throwing, he's running. A lot of good stuff there. So I'm interested to see Zach Wilson. But I think for this week, all things considered, give me the Dolphins. They've looked better. The Jets, to their credit, are 2-2. Two and two. Haven't looked good getting to 2-2, two and two, but they're there. So hats off to them. So give me the Dolphins this week um, with the three points. I think they cover that. I'm going to go with the Jets here. I'm going to go with the Jets. I think that everything going on with the Dolphins right now, it's going to be hard for these guys to shut everything out, especially with, you know, with Tua being out. And it's it's not a knock on Teddy Bridgewater per se. Like, I agree with you that he's a serviceable quarterback. You can win with him, maybe not over the course of a season, but you can win games with him in spot starts. I, there's just too much of a distraction. There's multiple investigations against the team right now. I think it's just too much to shut out, and you have the Jets with, with Zach Wilson back kind of riding high here. Two and two is kind of a big deal for Jets fans. <laughs> you know, that's not exactly – a 500 record isn't exactly something they're used to. Um, so I'm going to take the Jets here. I, I think they're going to catch the Dolphins a little bit by surprise. And you know, like 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 you said, Ben, uh, definitely the best uh, for Tua. Hopefully, for a full recovery, that was a very scary uh, injury. What we saw against the Bengals, but uh, I like the Jets here. Um, going to our next game that we're covering, uh, the Lions at the Patriots. Another injury, uh, two injuries for the Patriots. Uh, Mac Jones uh, is out, I believe, and Brian Hoyer got injured. Uh, in their game last Sunday against the Packers. Bailey Zappi came in and, you know, box score is going to say one thing. My eye test, uh, you know, the eye test says something different in my opinion. I, I wasn't exactly very high on Bailey Zappi coming out. I didn't think he was a bad quarterback, but I thought there was just too many limitations for him to be a, a cons- like a, even a mid-level starter in this league. I just think there's just too many limitations on his arm. That being said, though, I think he can succeed. I think his ceiling is like a high-end backup or a low-end starter, kind of like a uh, 
a Colt McCoy, a Taylor Heineke, a Blaine Gabbert, you know, a Joe Flacco, as we've seen, maybe not as much talent there, but I think that's kind of where he's going to be in this league. The Lions, they put up 41 points and lost last week. We're expecting this team to turn around at some point, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, what team is more desperate to win this game, Ben? That's a great question. Um, I, I would say the Patriots are, but <laughs> all, all because of expectations. I don't know that the Lions had any expectations headed into the season. The Patriots, I think, always have expectations. They're still so close to the uh, the Brady era and Belichick there. Uh, I'll, give me the Lions in this game. The Patriots, I think, are favored by three. Um, I think I like the Lions to win the game straight up. So I'll definitely take the Lions with the three points at home. And then I think I actually like the over in this game. The over-under is 46.5. I think there's a chance the Lions have been scoring more than that almost every week. Um, this Patriots defense isn't particularly great. No, they'll try to run the football a lot, try to slow down the game and shorten it up like they did last week against the Packers. Hopefully the Lions don't let them do that, but uh, we'll see. Um, I think the Lions can score here. And I, I, I think they're going to force the Patriots maybe to try to open it up a little bit. And that's why I like the over here in this game by a little bit. Maybe both teams pushing up towards 30. Uh, we'll see. But uh, I, the Lions have looked better. I'm not a huge fan of what I saw Sunday from Bailey Zappi, the eye test. You mentioned that I, I tend to agree with you. So give me the Lions to win straight up and, and definitely get with three points. I think I, – I, I agree with you to a point. I think Bailey Zappi is going to look actually pretty good in this game, but that's just because the Lions defense has been looked has looked so atrocious um, throughout the first four games. I think he's going to have a pretty solid game, at least on paper. But it goes back to what I said about Kenny Pickett. He's going to make at least – I think for Zappi at least, he's going to make at least three big mistakes. He's going to have probably two interceptions because he's going to try to make a play that – his arm just can't make. As far as what team is more, more desperate, I think it's the Lions. Um, I don't think anyone's going to really fault the Patriots for losing a game, albeit at home. I don't think anyone's going to blame them for losing a game with their third-string quarterback, and that third-string quarterback's being a a, a fifth or sixth-round rookie, whatever, wherever he was drafted. Maybe it was fourth round. I don't think anyone's going to blame them for losing the game. The Lions, like I said, they need to get things turned around here or else Dan Campbell's going to be in trouble. Jared Goff's going to be in trouble, like, you know, in some serious trouble if they can't beat a third-string quarterback, especially if they look bad and do it. Um, I, I'm going with the Lions, but I don't feel confident about it. You know, Bilicek is still staying on the other sideline. Jared Goff has looked good, but... I think I just go back to the Super Bowl where Jared Goff was a non-factor, even with that very impressive offense. That might psych him out a little bit, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But I like the Lions, but I don't feel good about it. It's hard to bet on the Lions and feel good about it, right? It's been a long time since you could do that. And you're right. <laughs> this is redemption time for Jared Goff. This may be the only redemption he gets here. Uh, but we'll see. But you're right. The, the more you talk, um, the Lions' defense has been awful this year. They're not giving up the most yardage in the league. I think the Ravens are doing that. 
but the Lions are by far giving up the most points in the league. And by the way, they're giving up all kinds of yardage too. So I like the over. Uh, the, the Patriots defense looked pretty good the first couple of weeks, not the past couple of weeks. They've given up over 60 points so in the last two weeks. So I'm liking the over more and more here as we talk in this game, unless, unless the Patriots can run the football and slow down the whole thing. I agree with you there, but I am also going to take the over. I think it can get into the high 20s, low 30s. Maybe for what I think, I think in this game, whoever gets the 31st wins. Yeah, I would agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Going to our next game, this was maybe a marquee game uh, before the season started. And I think it still is, but it doesn't have as high of marquee. Uh, Mark, it's not as high of a marquee game because Dak is out, but Cooper Rush is still here. He's making, he's winning games. Uh, it's the Cowboys at the Rams. Uh, the Rams are four and a half point favorites. Cooper Rush looks decent. I'm not gonna say he looks impressive, but you know he's he's played played a Bengals def- uh team that he didn't put up a lot of points, but the Bengals were struggling. Uh, I forget who they played in that third week. Um, gosh darn it! I know he, we just he they just played Washington. Who did they play that week? Oh, the Giants. Yeah, they played the Giants. I mean, you know, if you want to put it stock in the Giants, go ahead. I'm not going to fight you really, but I think we're going to see a different team by the end of the season with the Giants. And then he beat the Commanders, who darn, you know. They pretty much gave him whatever he wanted, and they didn't even call that aggressive of a game. You know, it was just kind of like, oh, just dink and dunk pretty much. He wasn't spreading the ball out a ton. I mean, they threw deep one or two times, but it's not like they, they were aggressive in their play calling. It was mainly just give Zeke and Tony Pollard the ball. They weren't didn't have much success doing it, but I want to know who's mo- more under pressure here, though. Um, Dak has already been ruled out. Um, I think they did that early, so there was no controversy going into this game. But who's more under pressure? Is it Matt Stafford, who has not looked good in the first four weeks? Or is it Cooper Rush to keep Dak on the sideline? (laughs) It's a great question. I'll say this. Whenever Dak Prescott comes back, the job is his. I, I think that's <laughs> I, I and I and I get it. Cooper Rush has looked good, and maybe they can flip him in the offseason for some draft picks. But Prescott's not going anywhere. Uh, this is the guy. Um, over, we have a much longer history of Dak Prescott looking like a good quarterback than we do Cooper Rush, and and that's kind of I think where it ends. Now, I, to me, most pressure, if I can get off the quarterbacks for a second, it's Mike McCarthy. Um, Mike McCarthy needs to win a lot of games to keep Sean Payton out of Dallas and send him over yeah. to San Diego. Okay, that's what that's what Mike McCarthy needs to do. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, um, here's what I like about this game. Um, I think I'm gonna pick the Cowboys to actually win this game straight up, and I know this is the second straight game I'm going against Vegas, which is never healthy. So uh, <laughs> keep that in mind. Ravens are four and a half. Uh, Rams are four and a half points favorites. Sorry. Um, here in Dallas, the Cowboys now, every single game they've played this year has been against an offensive line that is struggling. Every single one, they opened up against Tampa Bay, 
with injuries and, and missing free agents. Then they went to Cincinnati, who has talent, was trying to put that offensive line together. Then the New York Giants, struggling on the offensive line. Got some pieces, but still early and not jailing. Washington, definitely struggling on the offensive line with injuries and free agents missing. And now the, the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams look awful. Absolutely dreadful on the offensive line against the 49ers. I don't know if that's going to change a lot. We'll see if they pulls a rabbit out of the hat here. It's not a good matchup for the Rams or any offensive line that's struggling to be going up against this Cowboys edge rushing facade that just comes and comes and comes and waves right up front there. Micah Parsons is the first guy, but if he doesn't get you, he's going to chase you off into the arms of, of some other guys who aren't bad at rushing the quarterback either. So um, I think I like the Cowboys here. I think that's the biggest reason they've been winning is Cooper Rush hasn't looked bad. They're running the football some, and they're able to get tons of pressure on these other quarterbacks because the offensive lines have been struggling so bad. So maybe I'm wrong here. Give them the, quarter, uh, the Cowboys to win straight up in this game. I'm also we're we're agreeing to think a little bit too much here. Yeah, uh, because I, I agree continue. with I I agree with everything you just said. Uh the the Rams offense outside of Cooper Cup is not good. At right. this at this point in the season it's just not good. The Cowboys their defense is carrying them. This is Cooper, we saw in the 49er game, the 49ers-Rams game, that a, a, a quarterback, a game-managing quarterback, can distribute and win against this team because of the offense being so bad. And the defense isn't playing bad, but you know when you have no offense to go with it, there's you're not going to win a lot of games. And I right. think that's exactly what's going to happen in this game. I think we're going to see a very similar game uh, to the way that uh, the Rams 49ers games played out, I think Cooper Rush is gonna, you know, they're gonna, he's gonna make the right throws, gonna make the right decisions. It's not gonna be anything spectacular. You know, we might see Zeke and Tony Pollard get going, maybe one of the one of the two of them. You know, we could see get a uh, explosive play here or there. It concerns me a little bit that it's in L.A., but I'm still gonna take the Cowboys here. Like you said, it's just a bad matchup. What's going right for the Cowboys is not going right for the Rams in terms of matchups. It's just not. Yeah, totally agree. And I think it could see us later in the season when it comes to the Rams. If their offensive line gets healthier, if Noak Boom at left tackle starts to kind of get it in gear, if they add anybody else at wide receiver than what they currently have, especially possibly a healthy Odell Beckham who's still out there. We'll see. The Rams could look a lot different. But at this point in the season, the Rams are struggling right now. It's not looking good for a repeat. I, <laughs> I didn't really like this team to repeat going into this season. I thought they were more likely than some other teams in the past. But the more I'm watching them the start of the season, it's just not looking good. Maybe the most difficult game to pick this week is the Bengals at the Ravens. These are two teams that are trending in opposite directions. The Bengals got a win, albeit you know with Tua going out against uh, when they played the Dolphins, but they got a win there and they look good doing it. And the Ravens, you know, we can talk about the controversial call at the end of the game against the Bills. But Lamar Jackson was kind of 
brought back down to earth after going crazy in the first three weeks. The defense looked better, but, you know, the momentum has swung in, you know, in the positive way for the Bills and in the negative way for the Ravens. Can the Bengals carry that momentum to Baltimore and again contain Lamar Jackson? Or are the Ravens going to get back on track? Is Lamar Jackson going to get back on track here um, against this uh, Bengals team? I, I, this is You mentioned it. This is the hardest one. I don't know what to do with this game. My, my thoughts heading into the year was that the Bengals were a little bit better than the Ravens. Most people were leaning the other direction with the Ravens being better. Lamar Jackson has been an MVP this year. There's no question about it. He has been playing insane. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked pretty good in the first half against Buffalo, and then it just kind of disappeared. And we've, we've seen that Lamar Jackson's whole career in the NFL. We've seen him be Superman for and just absolutely untouchable. No one can stop him. No one can touch him. There is no game plan that slows him down in any way. And then all of a sudden, it's just not there. And, and, and you know, you wonder why. You know, he, he looked perfect the first three weeks of the season, pretty good in the first half, and then it just wasn't there in the second half. Who knows? Um, We'll see. I think we get more of Lamar Jackson back next week. I still think Cincinnati's a little bit better team. I, I don't know that the Ravens defense – Ravens defense hasn't looked good. Uh, it, it just hasn't looked good. Will they get better? Probably, but they got a lot to fix. There's a lot of things going on there with that Ravens defense. It's given up a lot of yardage. They are giving up, I think, the most yardage in the NFL – by a long shot, and and you know it's not just based off that Miami game, which which they gave up a bunch of yardage. It's been pretty much every week, if, if we're if we're honest about it. Um, yeah. So I like give me Cincinnati to win this game, but I think this is a great game. Uh, this isn't a game to put money on. This is a game to sit in your in your rock in your recliner, get the drinks, get the food, just enjoy it. I think it's going to be a fantastic, fun day to watch football, specifically this game. Yeah, but give me the Bengals here to actually win this game. Ben, are you looking at my notes virtually? <laughs> yes, I have developed ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm agreeing with you again, but I, I oh no, no, I have to here because I'm agreeing with everything that you're saying. I think Lamar Jackson is going to come back to form a little bit here, but I just think the Bengals are a better team right now. I like the that they have the momentum going into this game. Going into Baltimore for a division game is by no means an easy task. No. So it has me a little wary. I would stay away from this game, especially if the line stays at three. I would stay away from it personally. I just it's it's too close of a call here. I think it's more of a pick'em game personally. I don't like betting like Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. That's just hard for me because I really like Joe Burrow, but I don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to have two lackluster performances back-to-back. It can happen. I just don't know if it's going to happen. I'm I'm leaning towards Bengals here, but again, kind of like the Lions pick, I'm not very confident in it, mainly because it's on the road. And the Ravens, if they get the, the ball moving on the ground, they're kind of hard to beat. Yeah, absolutely. I, and again, so much could happen in this game. I, I do think it's close. I think it's fun watching both of these quarterbacks. I Hopefully these quarterbacks stay healthy and we watch them for another 10 or 12 seasons do this because this is 
this is a lot of fun watching these two teams in this division go at it. And uh, hopefully we get to see some playoff matchups too, because it's just fantastic. And especially just talking about the, a, uh, the AFC North for, for a second, you have Joe Burrow, you have Lamar Jackson. Now we're going to get to see Kenny Pickett and you know, controversial, but Deshaun Watson's going to be coming back here in uh, six weeks, I believe it is, six, seven weeks. It's going to be uh, a loaded division if Kenny Pickett can show any semblance of you know, starting level caliber quarterback play, at least mid, mid-level. And then Deshaun Watson, if he can come back after pretty much two years of not playing, it's going to be a heck of a division for quarterbacks. You're right. It's one of the – we didn't necessarily think that was going to be the case heading into the year. We kind of thought two teams competing. It's all four teams right now at the moment. Um, but that's still what we're seeing. Not that the Steelers maybe win a lot of games, but the Steelers Steelers are already putting up a good fight against everybody. Even with Mitchell yeah. Trubisky, they were putting up a good fight. The offensive line. It has maybe the least talent of anybody in the NFL, but they're, you know, they're in there doing a decent job. Uh, they're not playing horrible at all. Um, excellent division. <laughs> Just a fantastic, fun division. So I am springing this on you. Uh, all right, we, here it goes. We, <laughs> we, we made our uh, – we, we recapped the first quarter of, of the season or the unofficial first quarter of the season because it's kind of weird that was 17 games. Do you have any big predictions for the second quarter or the second unofficial quarter, the next four games? Yeah, I, I, I do. I have several. And give me just a second as I scroll through here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start calling it fraud is too big of a word. That's too harsh of a word. But that's there are some teams that I think have good records that I don't think that's going to continue. Are they in the right direction? Yes. But, for instance, let's start off with the Vikings. They're three and one. I don't see that continuing. I don't think that they're going to finish up the year with that winning percentage. Um, that's a team that I think is going to slow back down as the season goes along, personally. Um, same thing for the New York Giants. I mean, hats off to the Giants. But, you know, they played the 2-1 two and, two and one Bears last week. Somebody had to come out of that game 3-1. <laughs> yeah. we, we knew that was going to be the case. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the first week, is uh, the first month is almost like a tournament. I think the Giants are going to slow down. I love the direction the Giants are going in. Um, sorry, Giants fans. I just don't think it's this year. Um, the Eagles, man, the Eagles, I just worry about their health. I had that major concern going in that they had injury questions all over that offensive line, and it hasn't happened yet. But that's still out there, right? It's happening to a lot of other teams. It hasn't touched Philadelphia yet. Eagles fans, please don't hate me if it starts to happen. But that—that that is a major concern for me with the Eagles. It's not that they'll start playing bad. It's that I wonder when those injuries are going to hit because they had major concerns heading into the season. They're on the offensive line and a little bit on the defense too. Um, so those are some of the things I'm looking for right there as the season goes along. Uh, Shane, you're really going to like this one again. I'm going to your Seahawks here, and I'm looking at their next four games. They have the Saints, which we don't really know the status of Jameis yet, and Andy Dalton looked okay, but subpar at best, I believe, against the Vikings. Then you have the Cardinals that we don't really know who they are yet. I don't think they they know who they are yet. That could be, you know... 
wrong place, wrong time for the Cardinals because they have to go into Seattle. Then they face the Chargers, again, a team that we maybe could have considered as one of the more disappointing teams in the league. We thought they were just going to take the league by but by storm the first, you know, first four weeks at least. And then you have the Giants, who you just said you expect a drop off from. And that's a that's a home game there. I think these are four at least three of the four games are very winnable. You could see a a five and three team in the Seattle Seahawks possibly leading the division. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility here, especially if I think Gina's going to come crashing back down to earth here. <laughs> you know, it's the law of averages here. But man, if he if he's playing for his job here for his career, we can see some pretty pretty special things, unexpected things, like we have been seeing. There's no reason to think that that might not continue. I mean, those next four opponents, I think, are either on par or slightly easier than the ones the, than the first four they faced. So I think maybe the Seahawks are going to surprise some people. Now, do I think they're going to make the playoffs? I don't think so. But just based on the way that they're playing, the way that Geno looks, I don't think it's out of the right of possibility for them to have at least still maintain a 500 record, if not have a winning record at the end of the, four, at the next four weeks. The fact that we're talking about that with Seattle at, at all is amazing because we thought that they were really going to struggle the entire year. And Pete Carroll has done everything. He's pushed all the right buttons. Typical Pete Carroll style. You know, he loves that underdog role. He loves tons of competition until he gets a good roster. Um, he, he's done fantastic. And I, another thing I think we'll see over the next – and we always see it every year, but it seems to be more so this year. A lot of people fighting for their jobs. Um, yeah. There's no question about it. We've got, I think, people in Arizona fighting for their jobs. Not Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's got his money. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, there's some other people there. Carolina, I think there's people there. They've looked, they've looked decent so far, but they need to continue to look decent. Um, you know, Dallas, they've looked good so far. <laughs> they got to continue to look good. Um, San Diego, um, you know, listen, the fact that Sean Payton's there on TV having a good time is just a reminder to everybody that he is available, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot going on here, and it's the scores are so close. The games are so close. The injuries just slaughter one roster and leave other rosters untouched. Um, a lot of people's jobs are on the lines over the next few weeks. There's no question about it. We already mentioned the Colts. Um, it's so close. Some of these people are surviving for another season. Other people, uh, they'll, they'll be losing a job. But, you know, at some point it's not even about winning. It's just about looking good enough to keep your job. And I'm just going to add, because I, I feel like I have to here. My commanders are reeling right now. Yeah. I think Carson Wentz at some point, maybe not permanently, but I think at some point in one of these games, in these next four games, he's going to get benched. I wouldn't be surprised. He, he's got a <laughs> – he, he made one awesome throw Sunday, one fantastic throw all the way in the end oh, zone yeah. that was just beautiful. But then, then he turns right around and does you know, three or four or five things, and you're like, you know, why? You know, you're not Brett Favre. You know, you're you're not John Elway here. You know, kind of dial it back a little bit, maybe add a little bit more thoughts into this. Doesn't seem to be his style though, so we'll see. You got anything else for us tonight, Ben? 
Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you've made it all the way through the end of this podcast, we appreciate you listening to us. Um, reach out to us on Twitter. Hit us up. Uh, Roberts will tell you all the different places you can hear us and hit us up at. But uh, thank you, everybody, for being with us. Absolutely. Follow us on Twitter at Odds on Favorites. Thank you guys uh, for listening. Uh, we appreciate everyone that has been listening uh, throughout the uh, first five weeks. Now, I guess this will be our sixth episode. So thank you for listening sticking with us. I uh, hope to see you again next week. Have a fun football weekend. Bye, everyone.